0: Hello there folks, welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling. Before we get started here with my desert island comp episode with IVP videos, I want to make a few mentions up front. First up, usually I do a little bit more editing on these episodes, and unfortunately, um, between my grandfather passing a couple weeks back, and kind of the time and mental energy that took up, um, I wasn't able to make those kind of adjustments this episode. I still think uh, this was fun conversation uh with IVP videos and thank you Joya as well but I at least wanted you to know that up front um and give you a little background why I did not make those changes um appreciate you bear with me uh during this time um the other thing is that we do talk about matches involving Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan um who are deeply problematic figures and i did not do a great job of addressing that at least during the episode i think it is fine to talk about uh, their performances uh during their runs um but i should have done a better job of at least addressing um that some folks may not want to listen to those conversations so without further ado here is this episode of we don't know wrestling
1: i've offered this man a lot of money to do this okay? Because it's worth it to me. However, I don't care if I end up penniless. I don't care if I have to spend my life savings. I will see to it that you end up in the hospital for
0: one week, Mr. Waller. Do you understand me? <laughs> I need me a Japanese. <laughs> I love it! I love it!
1: I'm going to meet people from everywhere! I need me a Japanese! I don't have to defend the title. I'm here, and I'm going to be here until I feel like I want to leave. And if you don't like me being here, train to be a professional wrestler, get in this ring, and I'll beat you like I own you.
0: Hello there, folks. Welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling. My name is Sam. I am your host. And this is going to be one of the Desert Island Compilation episodes. Joining me this week is going to be the one and only Chris from IVP Videos. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, sir? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Even though I was very upset with you, I had to whittle (laughs) this down to ten matches. (laughs) So, to kind of go over the quick concept of a Desert Island comp list, um, so I ask the person who is going to be banished to the Desert Island ten matches that they would take with them to the island that they'll have to watch for the rest of time um the only matches they'll be given they are given also three um segments angles promos what have you, if they wish um but we can get into that momentarily uh to start before uh we go through the uh, the list here um the very broad open-ended question of how did you get into wrestling Well, I think like a lot of people, I'm one of those
1: people that, um, I don't remember a time when I was not into wrestling. My dad was big into it. I would watch it with him. He would get me into it. And then, um, pretty much since the day I can remember, I was at least watching wrestling, but I remember getting really big into it from one of the matches that's on my list. No spoilers. I'll tell you when it comes. (laughs) Uh,
0: I guess we'll find it out momentarily. Um, and then kind of the thing that a lot of people will know you for is IVP videos. Um, just very broadly, like how did that come to be? How did you get into, um, that world of kind of, uh, sending out discs, uh, via mail, um, of these pure shows?
1: I uh, was well, tape trading from pretty much 1998 till today, really. But, um, I was doing the VHS tape trading, um, kind of saw a market for it. In 2002, I bought a huge lot off of eBay of about 232 Japanese wrestling tapes. At the time, I wasn't super into Japanese wrestling. I followed it a little bit, but it was so hard back then to do so. So I got this huge lot. They were about 45 minutes from my house, so I got to save on shipping. I bought that, and then I bought a DVD recorder so we had to do it in real time for, I paid like seven, 800 bucks for that. So then i just started putting those VHS tapes on DVD. And I was literally the only person out there that was doing that. So it just kind of like, I fell into it. I kept doing it. And here we are got, uh,
0: 17 years later, basically. <laughs> so it kind of works against what might most people might think where it was a where Japanese wrestling may have been a huge passion for you. Um, so are you saying it didn't quite it didn't quite start off um, like that? Um, yeah, I mean, the...
1: I, I got some t- like I got the Super J Cup and trades and whatnot, and FMW I was pretty big into for a time. but I wasn't, like, super hardcore, it was pretty hard to be super hardcore into it back in those days. You'd have to spend 15 20 bucks for a third-generation tape from, like, RF Video or High Spots, and then... Like it just was difficult at the time. So when I sold a lot of tapes, a lot of that stuff was fresh to me and I was like, Oh sweet, it's like three bucks a tape. And then yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I was super hard I'm I'm always old school WWF guy, but still watch my pure. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be
0: fun going through this list for sure. Um I did have a question about uh the URL, the domain of IP IVP videos. com. now what why two what happened to ivpvideos.com
1: you know i will be honest with you i do not know but (laughs) if you go to ivpvideos.com it forwards you to that domain i'm not very technically efficient when it comes to website design and domains and all that stuff I know it works. I know if you go to IVPvideos.com, dot com, it'll send you to the website it should send you to. But why it's listed as that way, I have no earthly idea.
0: <laughs> oh, this I am going to be honest with you. That's one of those things that I've wondered for so long, and now I am going gr- to ask the story. Gross
1: incompetence is what the answer. Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, do just don't ask me why it's IVP videos because that's even worse. Basically, I wanted to be VIP videos. It was taken, and I was like, eh, close enough. <laughs> Not thinking that I would still be
0: doing this 17 years later. Important, very person videos. Um, that's, what,
1: that's what I told people. I was like, oh, it's independent video productions production videos.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, jeez. oh, um, well, cool. Um, then I guess without further ado, um, we're going to jump right into it, if that's all right by you. Let's do it. All right. So first match up on the list. It's a doozy. Uh, it is Ultimate Warrior versus Randy Savage from WrestleMania 7, uh, March 24th, 1991. Uh, now, why is this on your Desert Island comp?
1: Well, when you gave me this uh, little project, this one was num- like the rest of them aren't numbered. But this one was number one to me. When I think of. Professional wrestling, I think of this match, I find it to be the perfect match and especially the aftermath of the match. The whole years of storyline with Randy Savage when Miss Elizabeth and this match. First, the match itself is fantastic. Randy Savage throws everything at the Warrior. The Warrior's questioning himself. It's just pure professional wrestling, especially during that era. And then when the Warrior wins and Savage has to retire and Sherry turns on him and he's as low as he can get, Elizabeth runs out and makes a save. And and I, I'm i crying right now just thinking about it. When he holds the ropes open for her finally, it's just – it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's everything I love about professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, as someone who hasn't been watching wrestling for – or hasn't watched a lot of wrestling from that period of time, uh, especially the WWF. Um, this was, I, I recently watched it for this, uh, specific purpose and I came away thinking it's a really good match, but also that, wow, I feel like I have missed something by not being on the journey, uh, here. Um, but the, uh, coming to Jesus moment from the ultimate warrior of staring to the heavens and calling on the gods to essentially, uh, <laughs> answer him, uh, is the moment that sticked out the most for me personally. Um, but yeah, this is pro wrestling uh, kind of through and through from beginning to end. Um, I guess Randy Savage is more or less the quintessential professional wrestler, especially for uh, the American scene. Um, he's just full of charisma.
1: Oh, absolutely! And basically, his story between WrestleMania two and WrestleMania eight that six years is by far the best professional wrestling arc of a anyone he goes from being the bad guy turns babyface but wins the title hogan does feuds with him then he's bad he comes back to good and then he finally wins the belt again with elizabeth by his side it's just it's wonderful
0: yeah the the ending angle here or the post-match um with those two is you can feel it um even with even from some of that uh, doesn't have all the backstory um, like myself. Um, is there any other kind of aspect to this match um, that kind of stands out other than kind of really being the quintessential professional wrestling match to kind of open up um, the desert, your desert iron comp? Um, Cause obviously it has kind of a lot of the values that you would hope for. Um, as far as rewatchability. I'm, it's got all these uh emotional strings all these storylines that you can probably conjure up pretty vividly um just by watching this one from beginning to end but i was just curious if there's anything else that kind of stood out as far as a memory that might exist almost outside the match
1: um, well, also it reminds me of a period of time. I, I watched this live, actually, and I was, let's see, it was 91, so I was nine years old. So it, it also brings back that memory of a period of time where you're watching it at that age and just seeing these two, the almost superhero, the superhero, the supervillain going at it. And also it's a long match, which helps because if I'm going to be on an island, I want long matches, can't have sprints.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta have stuff that's gonna last a chunk of time here um and at uh, a little over 20 minutes um it's not super beefy but also you definitely would not call it a sprint um has a lot of room to breathe yeah exactly um awesome so if there's nothing else that you would like to go over for Alden Warriors Rainy Savage uh we'll move on to match number two uh, Evzon versus Koshinovo comment from Osaka Pro. Um I had the date as January seventh, two thousand one. Correct me if that's wrong, um, from Osaka Pro story number two. Um Believe that's correct. That sounds about right. Uh now this is a match that I have I've not seen. Uh why is this match on your Desert Island Con? I know it's pretty strange one. Trust me. Um, So this match, a lot of these matches,
1: I did not pick the best matches of all time. This match to me, I first I love comedy, like the laugh. This match is really funny. Um, When I first started IVP videos, I got a lot of questions like, oh, you sell sumo? And I was like, no, no, Japanese wrestling. Here, let me show you this Japanese wrestling match, and I would put this match on. So I've seen this match probably about two dozen times because this was when I was in my early twenties. Had a lot of people coming over. Had three roommates, so there was always someone over having parties and what have you. So then they'd see all the equipment and they'd be like, "What? What is all this?" I'm like, "Oh, I sell Japanese wrestling. Oh, sumo? No, no, clowns." <laughs> so I'd fire this up, but it it's hilarious um and it's just, it's just a good time the entrances alone just watch for the entrances alone because it is just ridiculous and fun
0: so it i'm gonna give a slight spoiler here this is one of um not so many uh japanese professional wrestling matches and it's a comedy match uh it's something that i don't think many people kind of associate with yeah. uh that country's style of professional wrestling. Um, what you like comedy wrestling. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, not their cup of tea. What draws you to comedy wrestling that kind of allows you to suspend that disbelief uh, a little bit further um, where it isn't just uh hard chops, drop kicks, body slams.
1: Right. Right. Um, well, I mean, let's, back up a step for comedy wrestling I wanted almost like a pro has its own reality so if, if it's a if this match happened in WWE it would not work because it's a different reality if that makes any sense
0: it makes a lot of sense yeah
1: okay but um and like the Joey Ryan stuff I'm not a big fan of do whatever you want to do but it's just not for me but like I'm loved Cole Cabana back in the day still do but I haven't seen him as much as I did but, and stuff like that. I do enjoy all aspects of professional wrestling, including the comedy. Oh, done well, done well.
0: Um, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, um, different promotions, different regions, different um, characters uh, allow them to kind of bend rules or slash set new rules, um, which is always I think is really interesting. It's always uh, exciting when someone like Orange Cassidy right now. Um, right. on Indies, a
1: perfect example.
0: Uh, is someone that's going into a lot of different promotions that have their each one of their individual set of rules. Be, but because of the landscape, because of him as a character, um, he's allowed to bend those rules. And I think ewa is one that uh, has been doing that for a long time um, when he's not in a soccer pro.
1: Right, and I love Ebison so much. I went to uh, WrestleCon in Orlando, brought some guys in to set up a vendor table, what have you, and there was like probably 100 different wrestlers there. I got a photo with one guy, and that was Kikutaro, formerly known as Ebison.
0: <laughs>
1: and I bought a shirt too. The photo was free with the shirt, so I was like, oh, I got to buy a shirt then. You got to.
0: It's just lime
1: green, ridiculous. I love it. It's so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kikutaro, is- he's been around. Um, and has put on shows, uh, across the world. Um, and I think it's commendable when a wrestler can bring a style that really isn't for everyone to kind of a lot of different locations, a lot of different places and make it work. Um, on comparison, but it's similar to a kind of deathmatch wrestler that can bring that style, um, and make it work in front of different audiences. Um. Even if it means, yeah, I'm going to tweak it here and there um, so it works in front of this group of folks.
1: Right. Like, I'm not a huge deathmatch guy, but you could tell the good ones from the bad ones and, like, w- what guys can make it work. And the other guys are just like, oh, I'm just hitting – we're hitting each other with things because there's psychology to everything. Comedy, deathmatch, hard-hitting, all that strong style, what have you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Well, okay. Um. Is there anything else you would like to add to Epson versus uh Kishima Common? Um, definitely uh, an interesting pick. Um
1: Yeah, outside uh, of all, I know some people are like, oh no Masawa versus Kawada, 63094. I was kind of thinking outside the norms, I guess, in this situation.
0: I do really like, appreciate that your reply to oh, is this sumo? Is no, it's this. <laughs> um this is the point of reference that you should use for going through my website. Um, well, I did put it on the original
1: uh, DVD sampler. I would give out at shows or self for a quarter at like the end of the thing. So it's like, this is just a different match. It, the whole genre of Japanese wrestling isn't just strong style. Masao versus Kawada. It's a whole universe of different things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think every kind of, Country has their own styles, but there are a a great variety of styles that exist within, uh, within that. Um, well, all right. And in that case, we'll move on to the next match. It is from Noah Destiny 2005. Um, it is Kenta Kobashi versus Kensuke Sasaki. Um... This one, definitely more in line with what you might expect um, from your list, um, slash what you expect from Japanese professional wrestling. Now, why did you pick this match for your Desert Iron Cop?
1: A uh, couple of reasons. Um, one, this match and the show kind of put IVP videos on the map as far as I sold that show when it came out f- for basically a dollar a disc, which was unheard of at the time. <laughs> Which got someone to call me the Walmart Priora, which was I wore with a badge of honor. Someone that was also selling DVDs at the time.
0: What a dig! What a what a go for it! You know, oh, no, I, I laughed. I was like, okay, if you want, sure. Don't if bother that, me. Enough. If that's if that's your version of a put down, you know, right? You got a little work to do,
1: right? Like they, some people see it as like they're creating. I don't know. They're historians creating history. And I'm like, no, I'm just selling DVDs. That's all. I'm not special. But, I'll, well, this match, let's back up to the match itself, is one of my favorite matches. Um, one of the ones that really got me hooked into Noah. I was real big into Noah at this time, and like this match was really the chop-off. I don't know if have how long you've seen this, how long ago it was you've seen this match, but they have a chop-off in the middle of the match that goes probably four or five minutes I can't remember how long, but it's just back and forth. Chop, the chests are blood red. This is another one I showed a lot of people at the time. At least that segment.
0: Oh, absolutely. This is the (laughs) Chop match. Um, It is, whether you love it or hate it, it is one of the wildest things um, I've seen. Um, We've all seen Kobashi and Saki Chop. um, But to see them go for so long and just pelt each other over and over again, it is... Brutal insanity. Um, It's hard not to love. I I think. Right, and like I said, this is
1: the. It was hard to pick ten matches, and when I was like, I need something for Puro and Noah because I was huge into Noah, probably from two thousand three till. I mean, I still watch it, but like two thousand eight, two thousand nine when it kind of didn't follow closely, watch every DVD as soon as I got them. But uh, this match, I think, it was the highlight of that p- time period in Noah.
0: Yeah, you had to pick something that was reminiscent, that oh. really kind of encapsulates um, your love for a promotion in a specific period of time, even if you've watched it before this or continue to watch after it. Um, and even if this isn't the best Noah match, um, it's the match that a lot of people might think of um, when they think of Noah in this period of time. Um, absolutely. Um, it's so interesting that this is the show that, I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense. This is one of the shows that um, put IVP videos on the map um, just because it is so loaded as well as kind of the, uh, the move you did there on the sales front.
1: Um, yep. Uh, bef- yeah. This was pretty much show of the year at the time. Cause Noah was bigger than New Japan and had a lot more interest, at least stateside. So this DVD was highly anticipated. And back then, it would take a month for you to actually get everything instead of instantaneous now.
0: Yeah, now we are living in a world of almost too much, um, of absolute excess. I'm not complaining, um, but it's definitely a changing of situations um, for everyone involved.
1: Oh for sure. I went on a not a rant per se, but a Twitter like feed where I was like it was almost better back in the late 90s early 2000s where you'd pay $15 for a tape and then you would watch that entire tape where now I'm just like oh I could just watch a million other things if this bores me for a second and that's problematic cuz maybe it gets better and you just don't give it a chance.
0: Yeah, it was also easier to have discussions. Um because Everyone was watching more or less, may not the exact same things, but um, there was definitely a limited amount of things people could be watching at that time, Um, where you're bound to find a group of people that were all watching the same thing you were, um, where now everything is so segmented everything's coming out so fast, um, you've moved on before you can even uh, settle into a thought um, on a lot of things.
1: Right, like, unfortunately, with the New Japan shows, I can't watch them live. Just, like, I gotta go to work in the morning. Just, I'm not built for staying up that late anymore. So, I miss kind of the discourse about the show because it's happening live when yeah. people watch on New Japan. But by the time I get to watch it a day or two later, it's already old news.
0: I mean, by the time most people wake up, the, the take's a cold. Um, right. right. <laughs> you might as well not, uh, like, you might as well watch, but also, you're not going to be... Uh, garnering the likes, the retreats, slash any sort of conversation um, based on what you're watching, despite a lot of people um, seeing the show.
1: Right. And you have to try to avoid spoilers the best you can while you're at work until you can get to it maybe that night or maybe the next night. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that was a lot easier to do when uh, not everyone was watching it at the exact same time and trying to have a conversation in a very social place um for everyone to see um it's just weird and different and it just feels Kobashi versus so- Saki feels like almost a relic even though it's 14 years ago that is old
1: Ugh, i'm so old
0: that's that's a teenager ago <laughs> it is. that's i didn't like that i stumbled into that kind of thought and i hated every moment of it yeah, wow, it was that long ago, you know, wasn't it? Yeah. That's that's a senior citizen dog. Um Okay. There we go. Well now that we're depressed, um, let's now that go I'm on to a little sad. Match. Um moving on from WrestleMania ten, it is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Um, why is this match on your Desert Island cop?
1: Uh well for one Like I said, a lot of my choices are based on feelings as well. But first of all, it's an excellent match, but I have two older brothers. They're about eight years older and I always felt like almost in their shadow at the time. We didn't live together. They lived with their mom. I lived with my mom. We're half brothers, but the kind of, I felt like Owen Hart in a way that had the older brothers that were overshadowing me. So I kind of like was rooting for him in this and um, let's see, it happened in ninety four so I was twelve at the time. So you're going through middle school and all those feelings like these they're now they're basically grown ups and you're still a child. Um and the match itself is just an absolute banger.
0: Yeah, I like I think I prefer when wrestling allows you to cheer for either side, not because of um ideologies. Um, like freaking. The Avengers movies, um, but more so um, perspectives. Uh, Right.
1: Like um, Owen really was not necessarily wrong, at least at that point, maybe later on in the story. But at the Rumble, Brett should have tagged him in. So he wouldn't his knee was hurt, but he was going for the glory and they lost the match because of that. So he may have attacked him afterwards, but Owen kind of had his reasons, which you can rationalize. I believe it's Mick Foley that says that a good heel can rationalize their decision-making. It's not just like, I'm bad, you're good, let's fight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important to kind of be able to get that across as well as Owen. When you say Brett overshadowed Owen, that's a very, very real thing. That's not a a lie is not something that is something that you can't see with your own two eyes. Um, that's kind of, you can understand how that thought gets there. Um, but banger, that's where we're going, with. This <laughs> we're is going a banger. with. banger.
1: It's a banger. It's a good story. Um, it was tough though. Cause I mean, you have the ladder match as well from that show and which didn't make the list, but like I said, there can only be 10 and I, feel like this is one of them as far as match quality, as far as emotion, as far as, like, the end result with Owen winning with a roll-up and the shock of it. Your guy. All, all around. And that was my guy, yeah.
0: All vindicated. Feeling like, okay, maybe it's all going to be okay.
1: Yep. And I was actually there for the 94 King of the Ring when he won. So I was very, very happy. In- incredibly jazzed, as the kids would say. Yes, incredibly generous. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, everyone else is mad that Razor Ramon lost, but I'm
0: sitting there <laughs> like, he's the king of hearts! Woo! <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, that sounds really cool to have been there.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, fun.
0: Oh. Um, well, cool. Well, unless you have anything more to add to Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, we'll move on to the next match.
1: I think we're good with that. I think a lot... Pretty sure everyone knows how, what kind of match that is and the storyline behind it. So we'll go to the next one, which
0: is kind of surprising. Surprised even me, to be honest with you. So this match is from Spring Stampede 1994. Uh, it is Cactus Jack and Max Payne versus the Nasty Boys. Uh, yeah, this is definitely one that comes out a little bit out left field here. Why did you decide to put this match on your Desert Iron Comp?
1: Well, I actually thought a lot, like, going through the list several times. I was, I didn't really have any WCW. And I didn't watch a lot of WCW as a kid. I don't know why. I'm from Baltimore. So it, we were a WCW town. But my dad was hardcore WWF. And to me, WCW was just, like, the, the other guys, the whoever's. But this match got me into WCW. I remember I rented the tape from uh, – My local video store, just because needed wrestling to watch, and I exhausted their Coliseum home video catalog already. So I'm watching this match, and just blew me away the absolute recklessness and carelessness that they had for their bodies and for each other in this match.
0: Yeah, this... I'm going to be honest, I've never seen a Max Payne match before. Um, This is the first time I had seen this match uh, in prep for this show. Um... Max Payne, not a very good professional wrestler, but it didn't seem like any member uh, of this match really cared about the well-being of the other people in this match. Um, weapons were really making a thud every time they were being <laughs> chucked. Like,
1: Yeah, Max Payne is not very good in, in any form, but this match just was a weird capsule of the perfect storm of insanity, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you don't need a lot of quote-unquote skill. Um, If people are just going to lay it in uh, and chuck weapons at each other and really not pull back when you really should be, it's, it's almost as if every time they thought to pull back after pretty much going all the way through, like, oh, shoot, I really was supposed to not whack them straight in the head um where i was not supposed to jab someone in the eye with this table that was probably not what i was supposed to do full force um but every person here just wung it and that was beautiful to see
1: yeah Um, like i said it's definitely out of left field there's there's definitely better wcw matches um i could think of a dozen off the top of my head. But when I was making this list, I was like, which one would I want to watch over and over and over and over again? And I think them thudding each other repeatedly would just be something that could get me through this desert Island experience.
0: Yeah. It's definitely, it's a magic comes in under 10 minutes, but something that feels like a great palate cleanser for some of the other stuff on this list. um, As it's just very, very different um yeah Uh, I think the ending is it's so simple just smack him right in the head um and that's the finish uh you don't see stuff like that very often it wasn't really built to very excessively it was just like oh I'm gonna hit you really hard in the head and you're just going to not be able to move anymore um Man, this match really... I'm, I don't want to say the word it's rocked my world, but <laughs> threw me for a loop.
1: Well, I'm glad I uh, put it on the list just because it made you watch it and you could see the insanity for yourself.
0: Uh, well, I appreciate it. Good sir. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to add to this match? Anything that might exist outside of the match or something from um, WCW for, during this time? Because obviously this show is itself just a banger um that it was very interesting slash appreciated that you chose this match to kind of pluck out
1: yeah it really is i mean like i said i put a lot of thought into this list and there was some like thoughts of what i felt like wcw had to be represented in some form and i went through like a list of the matches that are some of my favorites in wcw and this one just kind of stuck with me and i rewatched it and was like yeah this has
0: to be it I think you made the right call. I think you personally made the right call. Um, Well, in that case, we'll move on to the next match. From July 6, 1997, In Your House 16, Kanae is is that 10-man tag. Uh, I'm not going to say everyone. It's Bret Hart, Brian Pillman, Jim Neidhart, Owen Hart, British Bulldog vs. Goldust, Ken Shamrock, Steve Austin, Road Warrior Animal road warrior hawk uh yeah i mean why did you pick this match to be an investment cop
1: um when i look at matches one of the things that i really look into is crowd reaction and the vibe and feel of the building um when i was huge into independent wrestling in the early 2000s when i was like big ring of honor fan I would try to watch like IWA Mid-South, and I couldn't do it because of the lack of crowd. So when I look at matches and like the quality that I get from them, a hot crowd will elevate a decent match to an exceptional match. And this is an exceptional match uplifted by a crowd to be a all-time Hall of Fame match.
0: It has so many huge stars in it. It feels overloaded um like this thing is oozing with stars and talent and any match with uh gold dust dust roads is kind of a a price point any list to me um it's wild i think this match took place 12 years ago and the only well i guess not the only person the two people um that are still re- wrestling are uh, Goldust and, recently, Ken Shamrock. Oh, that's right. He did wrestle, yeah. So, um... I was trying to think of who the other one would be, but yeah. And, unfortunately, a lot of the other members of this match have passed away or just are simply retired. um, Because, you know what? Age, it'll catch up to you. Uh, Catch up to everyone.
1: Other times undefeated. Um, The other thing I like about this match, I was... WWF 1997 kind of reinvigorated my love of wrestling while I fell off in 96. Bret Hart was always my guy. And Owen, like the Hart family, I always was for. So when Bret left at the end of WrestleMania 12 to took, take time off, I kind of took time off of watching wrestling. I didn't watch as nearly as much. I didn't have cable at the time. So it just kind of fell by the wayside. But, about King of the Ring 97 is when I got back into it, and then watching this pay-per-view live at a friend's house, and we're just going crazy for the insanity of the match, all the Hart family rushing in the ring. Just It was just an excellent vibe, and just encapsulated the 97 WWF that I think might be one of the best years in wrestling history for any company.
0: So... In general, uh, your fandom of the WF during these this kind of 90s periods tied pretty strongly to the, the Hart family, the Hart folk. Um, that's very interesting. Um, obviously, great professional wrestlers, so I guess it's not that surprising. Um, but it's cool to hear.
1: Yeah, I did not take the screw job well, to be honest. I was like, man, screw Shawn Michaels. I never was the Shawn Michaels guy. I was the Bret Hart guy. <laughs> So when that went down, I was very upset. Right? Not upset enough to jump to WCW. I just, I don't know. There was just a vibe about WCW that I never got. It, like I would watch it, of course, because at that point, it's just like consume everything you could possibly consume. But
0: Yeah, there's definitely a different feel. Um, those two different promotions but also just like some promotions grab you to a point where like, oh, I'm deeply invested in this. What's going on from... May not be getting to end from but large portions of this promotion are grabbing me. Um from the sights, sounds, characters, what have you. Um and some promotions just don't do it. Um sounds like just WCW during that period, uh, didn't do it for you in that way.
1: Right. Even when everyone was huge into the NWO and WF was faltering, I was still just like, Nope, nope. I'd rather just walk away at that point. I, <laughs> I do. Have, I have a friend that stopped watching wrestling when WCW died. And I was like, yeah, I get that because if it went the other way, I'd probably be on the other side. Just like, nah, I'm good. I would yeah. come back eventually. But
0: yeah, I think that group of people that fell off is not massive, but it's also, it's big enough where you, you most people know a person that just at that point in time just stopped. They, uh, gave up on it um yeah i was a wf kid um the only kind of knowledge slash association i had with wcw um was ready to rumble and the wcw uh video games Mm, ready to rumble i saw that in the movie theater it's a classic it's a very good movie anyone that disagrees is wrong that's that's right. it was
1: a lot of fun I've seen it way too many times, but I took my high school girlfriend to it, and she dumped me like a month later. I don't know if there's a connection between the two, but I would I not be surprised.
0: So. I don't think so. Um, I also took her to Beyond the Mat, but she really did not like that. Yeah, that one might have uh, yeah. had longer-lasting effects. Um, Raider Rumble, that feels like a win. That may have That may have got, got you an extra month there. Oh, well, um, Maybe it was <laughs> balanced out. And now David Arquette, he's making a comeback. Well, I guess not a comeback. Well, yeah, sure. Um, he's I, making a run for it. He is. I do have a fun story I'll have
1: to tell you about David Arquette. I will. You know what? We will digress real quick. So at WrestleMania in New Orleans, I was there, and I saw David Arquette was there. So I tweeted him a couple times like, hey, are you going to be at WrestleCon? I really want a photo with you. And he just DM'd me. and was like, where are you at now? And I'm like, I'm at this restaurant just getting lunch. He's like, are you near this hotel? So I type it in. I'm like, oh, it's like two miles. He's like, well, why don't you come here? We'll take a photo. I'm like, I'm like, are you are for real? Okay. So I grabbed it, jumped in the car, drove to the hotel, met him outside, took a photo, shook his hand, said, thank you, sir. And went about our business. You got that picture. I got the picture. Yeah. Wow. What a guy. I, I I literally was just like, are you going to be at WrestleCon? I really want to – because I also have a painting of him winning the WCW title. I'll have to sit, tweet it to you. But uh, – so I had a painting made of him holding the WCW title because I love that moment. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. It's good good quality stuff.
0: <laughs> um, That is wild. Uh, to think that now he's – not may not cornerstone, but pretty embedded into the indie wrestling scene at the moment. Um, it hurts my head. Uh, sends me spinning. Um, guy looks good. Guy
1: looks ripped. Yeah. I know he's put in the work. I mean, uh, anyone that holds it against him that won the WCW title, I'm like, he didn't make the decision. He donated all the money to the families of uh, Brian Pillman and um. Who else? I forgot. whether family he donated the money they made from it too. But like, he did not want it. He was just there to promote a movie, and he did the best he could with what he had. And, I, and like, I will defend him till I'm blue in the face. After he slid into the DMs and was like, "Hey, let's take that photo. You want?
0: Let's do it." That's yeah. I'm I'm able to take a photo. Why wouldn't I? That's too funny. Um. Well then. I guess it's good to move on to the next match um, from Saturday night main event. A steel cage match between Hulk Hogan and the big boss, man. Uh, another match that I saw for the first time because of this uh, podcast. Um, why did you put this match on desert Iron comp? For, um.
1: Like I said, I've been a professional wrestling fan since before I can remember. I can't remember a situation where I wasn't one. I mean, besides the time I took off in 96. But my first actual memory of watching professional wrestling is this match and the superplex off the top of the cage, which is insane in 2019, much less back, what was it, 88, I believe, right?
0: Early 88? Uh looks like 89. 89, you're right, you're right, you're
1: right. Yeah, it'd be early 89 before WrestleMania 5, yeah.
0: Yep, it is March 18th, 1989, Madison Square Garden. That superplex was just bananas because these are such large men. Um, or now, if anyone does something similar, one cage. Not, not nearly as big if you're not in the uh, World Wrestling Federation, if you're in that promotion, you're not doing this, most likely. Um, or the individuals doing that are just not hulking um, where it feels so massive
1: right um, and if you watch the ring on impact there is no give because those rings back then were not the rings they use today so it they hit and it's just like plunk I'm like I just vividly remember that moment as a child being like this is you can't tell
0: me this isn't real I just saw that don't tell me it's not real <laughs> That man just broke his body, um, on that one. Uh, Zeus, also, at the beginning of this one. Oh, yes. I've, I've never seen Zeus in action. Um, but seeing him stare down the Hulkster like that, um, that'll bring a tear to your eye. Um...
1: Oh yeah, he was—he scared me. I mean, watching him wrestle now, you realize how atrocious he is. But at the time, like as a child, this guy is insane. His his
0: eyes—they're just wild, um, terrifying, terrifying. Uh, I also have never seen Slick. I don't believe. Um, so that was also a treat. Um, you know, a very different dynamic than I was expecting. Um, I thought it...
1: Slick's one of those underrated managers that just doesn't get talked about enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then the en- near the end there, when he was in the ring and, um, he's jumping up and down, pretty much asking the Hulkster not to hurt him. Uh And the Hulkster just doesn't care and throws him <laughs> head first into the cage. Um, takes it like a champ. Oh yeah. I have, a, I have a
1: real I'm going to digress again with a fun slick story. So years and years ago, I did autograph signings. I'd fly people in and they'd sign autographs. I charge money. Um, I brought him in and this was, he hadn't been on TV for years at this point. So I'm kind of nervous. Like, I, I hope I recognize him, you know, people change and they, who knows, he may have gained a hundred pounds. No idea. So I'm in the airport waiting by baggage claim where he's going to come out at. He's dressed as slick. As you saw on television, and he's <laughs> he's he's like six foot three, six foot four, which I didn't realize. So he's literally just dressed in his fly suit, comes off the airplane. I'm like, oh, easy enough. How are you, sir? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't hiding. He no, was no, he, he was, it was you not own. a gimmick. It was that's who he is.
0: Um, yeah, it's easy to not notice that someone is a large man um, if they're standing next to behemoths of humans that are six feet wide, um, making most people look like ants.
1: Right, it's funny. A lot of people, when they meet, like, Sean Waltman, they, uh, they're they like, oh, wow, he's actually a big guy. And I'm like, yeah, he's 6'2", 230, but in comparison to 93 WWF, he was a real tiny guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, just compared. To the company they keep, um, they're gonna look a little different. Um, yeah, this was a a very fun match. Um, it felt very, very light, uh, in the sense that it didn't feel like this big big bombastic match. It felt, um, very lively with, uh, Slick on the outside and just, um, the gimmicks, um, with the handcuffs, um, and Zeus and Hulkster just being, uh, himself uh being full of energy um Hulk Hogan is someone as a wrestler I've appreciated more as I've gotten older um just as someone that hey he really does bring something to these matches as far as just being this larger than life personality um that really sticks out in the ring which when I've been on message boards for years in my youth um too young to develop my own thoughts uh them telling me that Hulk Hogan is garbage was gospel. Um, and I didn't really need to look into it. i looked into it. Not that bad. Um, and it's not just the Hulk Hogan was good in Japan kind of nonsense. Um, he was just a decent professional wrestler. Right,
1: right. He did everything he needed to do to get the reactions that were needed to be a main eventer. So it's it's the thing. Like You don't do more than you need to. Um, I've found myself reevaluating a lot of people, like growing up a teenager, reading Scott Keith and what have you, the other guys that were big at the time. And then you reevaluate what you were watching. and You're like, oh, wait, he was actually really
0: good. What was my problem? (laughs) And I mean, just the superplex spot alone is just like, that's a spot that's cool as heck. Like, yeah it, literally insane and it's crazy they actually did it <laughs> like it boggles the mind that someone that does that um is gonna be called a bad wrestler um obviously big boss Man not a bad wrestler really good um love the man um but yeah hulk Hogan didn't really get his due um as a as a as a, as a worker um big boss Man. Probably also did not get that that credit either. Um,
1: right, he's definitely one of the guys that I appreciate a lot more when I got older and revisited. I was like, man, this guy was smooth. And like Bam and Bigelow is another guy I did not appreciate as a child. And later years, I was like, ugh, he's terrible. And then once I grew up more and was like, oh, wait, no, this guy's 350 pounds doing cartwheels and bouncing all over the ring.
0: Yeah, I think Bam Bam is someone that I don't think I've still gotten to the point where I truly appreciate what they do because of what he led to probably more than anything um, was everyone, every big man on the independence kind of turning into someone that's like, oh, I'm just going to do the Bam Bam thing and do very flying and do some flying moves here um, and not work like a big man. Whereas Bam Bam did work like a big man a lot of the time. Um, he just did some cool stuff as well. Um, where the big men today just don't pick up on that part of the business. Um, that's not his fault. I shouldn't hold out against him, it's not his fault. Bam Bam, I'm sorry,
1: but yeah, I mean, I you do have to look at who he people inspired as well, but, but yeah, I, I see that. I'm not, I'm not even the biggest Bam Bam guy, but I as a kid I thought he was just nothing, but now I'm like, oh, he's, he was good.
0: Yeah, I, I, I understand where it comes from more now.
1: Barbarian's another one that I just did not think he was good for anything back then and now I'm like, oh no no. He was really pretty good for what he was. Yeah, he did his thing.
0: Uh well alright. I guess we can move on to our next match here. From WrestleMania thirty, New Orleans a place we have discussed recently. Um Main event. Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Randy Orton, the big one. Um, Why is this match Iron Desert Island Cop?
1: This is on there because, one, I was there live, which always helps in regards to, like, how a match makes you feel. Um, Daniel Bryan was one of the first guys I really got into when I got into independent wrestling. Um, Him, Loki, Christopher Daniels, Amazing Red was my first. Um, That. Circle of guys, I would go on my way to Ring of Honor. I once drove in a van with strangers for eight hours to go to a show. Um, so, seeing him make it to the pinnacle of the main event of WrestleMania 30 was a real treat, real highlight against two bigger names, bigger guys. I uh, beat, beat Triple H first to get to that match. So, a crowd reaction, like I said, the crowd reaction is a big help. Being there was a big help. Um, And I picked this match because of those reasons. And it would, when I'm on this island, it would remind me of going to Bourbon Street right after the show and listening to the yes chants just flood Bourbon Street with a mixture of wrestling fans and normal people that are just there to party and are wondering what is going on and why everyone's yelling yes into the night.
0: Yeah, that this ma- it makes a lot of sense why you'd pick this match, uh, especially if you're there live, just because um, Dan Bryan's arc as a professional wrestler is massively important to a lot of people, um, starting from the bottom rungs of the independents to um, main eventing WrestleMania, winning the big one at the biggest stage. Uh, there's not many moments that can can match that. Um and then to kind of have that post-moment uh, celebration to actually kind of relish this experience that you just had um, and, and live in it for a little bit. Um, and a lot of times, if you're if you're not there, um, you get this good feeling, but you're not going to be able to live in that moment quite in the same way, um, which you were able to do in one of the greatest places to celebrate, I would guess, um, in New Orleans. Oh yeah. I, was,
1: I go to WrestleMania pretty much every year minus a few past couple of years. But if it was in new Orleans every year, I'd be perfectly content. <laughs> I love that. I love that city so much. Um, so and yeah, I've seen Daniel Bryan wrestle in front of a hundred people in Philadelphia on a Thursday that I drove up an hour and a half after work and came back to work the next day. Um, so just seeing that progression of his career, um, it's funny, we went to Bourbon Street after Mania 34, and it just was not the same vibe at all. So, yeah, definitely, like, go having this on the island would remind me of that amazing time.
0: Yeah, and I, we talked before we hopped on, wrestling for you is so much about a feeling. It's so much about the emotional attachment. Um, I just don't think there's gonna be many matches, um, that you can attend, um, that will have that kind of resonance, especially during this day and age where, um, you're finally able to track someone's career, um, from more or less the beginning, um, where Daniel Bryan, I think was kind of at the beginning of that movement, um, or period of time when you were able to do that. Um, him low key and others, um, he just happens to be the guy for obvious reasons, because his extraordinary talent, um, that propelled him to this point. Um, well, all right. Uh, is there anything you really want to say about the match itself, or um, are we good just talking about kind of everything yeah, surrounding I mean, it?
1: The match was really good. I haven't rewatched it in a while, to be honest. I didn't get a chance to before we recorded, but um, just the match is really good as well, which helps. Uh, it's more for the feeling, the uh, the atmosphere, how this match affected me. Um, like I said, with wrestling nowadays, it these moments are fewer and fewer in between, it seems. It just takes more, like, Kofi Kingston winning this year was kind of one of those moments. Um, uh, Cody and Dustin from a Double or Nothing. That's another match that, if that same match was just two other people, it would not have the same emotions, and it wouldn't have got the same reactions from people as it was because it was brother versus brother had the built storyline of them growing up together and the videos they produced. So it's not even doesn't matter necessarily what happens in the match as opposed to who the players are and how they've been positioned going into that match.
0: Yeah. My hope is with the EW is that um, obviously competition good for wrestling, but also um, they get out uh, of, The Rhodes Brothers are... That's hard to name, to replicate. But they get how to... That these emotional cores are important. um, To what they're going to try to develop. Um, And that we might be able to get more of these kind of... Moments that feel... Big. That feel like... Oh, I'm really attached to what's happening here. In this moment. Um, And they have the right audience for it. uh, And these crowds are not small. They are really big. Um, They're not... 80,000 people big, but 15,000 people is enough to kind of have a huge moment feel. So it's going to be really interesting um, to see if more moments like that can be created um, if WWE decides hey, oh, if we try we can really actually just do this too. Um, Every year. So we'll see. Um, I'm hopeful. As am I. Like I
1: said, competition's good. I'm Gets people paid more, that's for sure. So I'm happy about that for all the wrestlers out there. Um, and yeah, like said, I'm curious of how it'll work with, like... I'm sure Cody has a different vision than the Young Bucks do and how that's going to balance out. But we will see. Once the TV gets going is when we'll actually
0: really see the ger- direction. But I'll be watching, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that those visions collide. Um, but... Moving on. We go to the next match. From Ring of Honor. Death of Force Dishonor. Four. Uh, it is the CZW. Versus Ring of Honor. Cage of Death match. Um, why did you put this match. Iron Death Iron Cop. Well. Like I said. this I wanted to encapsulate.
1: All my different errors of being a fan. And Ring of Honor. Kind of saved me from fading away from the wrestling like ring of honor in japan because WWF was the only ww at the time i guess was the only thing in town anymore and the reign of triple h was going on it was kind of losing my interest i was just turned 20 21 so i'm kind of like you know maybe the wrestling isn't for me anymore at least this and then i discover ring of honor Kind of randomly. I was playing that. I don't know if you're familiar with EWR, Extreme Warfare Revenge. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I was playing that, and I saw Ring of Honor on there and saw the ratings of all the guys. And I was like, oh, this fed looks cool. So I did some digging. Yeah, that's how it was. I did some digging, and I saw like Raven work there, and I was kind of a Raven guy at the time. So I'm like, oh, it's in Philadelphia. I'll take a drive up there, get a cheesesteak, watch a show. Sure. So I bought tickets pretty much sight unseen and went to the Murphy Rex Center in May of 2003, and my mind was completely blown.
0: Yeah, I'm glad it was EWR that brought you to <laughs> Ring of Honor because that's such, such a good just bridge there. Oh, yeah, this video game that I'm playing. Yeah, okay, I <clears> guess <throat> this is based in the real world, so one and one, two, I'm there. Um, well, I'm glad that panned out for you. Um, I know.
1: It, it's really funny because I remember the main event was Samoa Joe and Homicide, and I distinctly remember looking at my friend. I'm like, what is what is this Yokozuna versus uh, New Jack? What what are we watching? <laughs> and and then they tore the house down, and I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. That was not
0: Yokozuna versus New Jack. No. Though, That's honestly, what? that match probably also would rule, uh, but a very different way. Actually, yeah, now I wish, <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Now, now I'm just gonna be mad. That's one <laughs> that's that never happened. You were dissing Homicide versus Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah. And then you nice. dissed Yokozuna versus New Jack. The the dream match that I never knew I wanted. Um. <laughs> yeah, I didn't me.
1: know any better at the time. They were just names in EWR without pictures. So,
0: <laughs> so how closely were you following the CZW versus Ring of Honor? at this time.
1: Oh, I was at that point because that was two years after I became an ROH fan. I was a hardcore ROH bot, like one of those guys that <laughs> I look back in shame now type of thing. <laughs> that like posting on the ROH boards constantly. When I'd be, I'd work at, I ran a video store, I'd refresh the message board to get the results. Uh, like I said, I went in a van with people I did not know and drove to upstate New York, which is about eight hours, and Connecticut just to be like at these shows and did the after parties and everything. And CZW was not, no, they cannot come to ring of honor and start a fight. <laughs> so they will not do that. They will not, not on my watch. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, I was deep into it at that point. And then, uh, that the cage of death was the culmination of probably the best independent wrestling feud that's ever existed. In my, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's taking one company's signature match, but on a major show of the opposite company's uh, event, and playing it out with more or less the, the major players. Um, obviously, I think the CZW side lacking kind of a few notables, but that's more just because they were of a different variety, um, the people that made the most sense, um, for this feud, um, or involved in that one, uh, and then they have the, they have proper storytelling, uh, weaved into this one, unlike you're gonna see, in more or less any wrestling, uh, these days, um, especially on, I'm not gonna say especially on the American front, but, um, at any level, I just don't think there's gonna be anything that, weaves this many, individuals, um, Storylines, um stakes, violence, uh into one package. Right,
1: right. I i don't know if I mentioned that I was at this show as well. So that also elevates the uh the atmosphere, the excitement, the memory of it. So like when Daniel Bryan comes out, Brian Danielson comes out and you think he oh he's gonna help ROH, but no, he attacks Samoa Joe because he cares more about the title than he does being part of Team Ring of Honor. And things look bleak. Things are looking bad. And then Homicide's music hits. And just the place goes insane. And he makes the save and makes the saves the day for Ring of Honor to get these outlaw CZW punks out of here.
0: So Yeah. With you being there live and kind of what you, we've discussed so far, uh, other matches you've been live to uh, or watched live or um, exper- how you experienced them for the first time, it uh, does make a lot of sense why you would include this match, other than it just being a flat-out great match. Um, it also has a kind of a distinctive time and place for you uh, as a fan um, from a promotion that kind of brought you back into the fold or kept you from falling out of the fold. Right,
1: yeah, absolutely. And that it also opened the door to see Ring of is where I saw Kobashi live, where I saw Masao live, and that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So it kind of like bridges everything together. Um And like, I just wanted at least one match to represent that period of time. And I think this one is the best one as far as match quality storyline and the emotions behind it. And the real feeling of the CZW fans in the bleachers wanting to fight the ROH fans in the seats. Maybe not for real fight, but you know, like that whole, the vibe between two warring fan bases.
0: You don't get anything like that anymore just because it's not really all that possible. Um,
1: Right. You can't create it. It has to be naturally happen. And, like, you're never going to see, like, oh, hardcore Evolve fans against hardcore Ring of Honor fans because they just don't exist.
0: Yeah. Like, the closest thing we have to it right now is hardcore GCW fans. But there's no other entity for them to really oppose slash run in opposition of as far as fan bases. Um, if you're a fan of GCW, you're probably going to be a fan of some other indies that are growing as we speak. Um, so there's just not that, that possibility at the moment. Um, but everyone loves a good promotion feud. Right. And uh, I
1: have to give credit also to Chris Hero, who basically started the feud and did the little things to make it keep going. And I'm sure he had some creative input as well. Cause I got a genius but some of the things they did to make the, like the, the little things along the way.
0: Yep. Him and Gabe, the geniuses. Oh yeah. Um, moving on to our last match on your desert island comp. Um, so get ready to be shipped off. Uh, it is is from WrestleMania 17. It is TLC two with Christian and edge versus the deli boys versus the Hardy boys. Why is this match under Desert Island Comp?
1: Well, to begin, I will give you a little backstory about WrestleMania Seventeen. For me, I was eighteen years old. Um, the year before, my friends and I we were watching WrestleMania in my friend's room. It's very hot. There's too many of us in there, and we're like, "We're going next year. Let's do it. We got to go to WrestleMania. I'll be an adult." It's we'll. Have graduated high school. Let's go. So we find out it's in Houston and we're like, well, it's a far away and couldn't afford a plane ticket. So we took a Greyhound bus from Baltimore to Houston to go to this show.
0: <laughs> so. All yeah, the best wrestling stories involve a Greyhound. Right.
1: Right. So this is another event that I was at um, and I needed a match from this show on this competition on this desert island because I find this trip to be like, I wouldn't say a defining moment, but the bridge of being an adult that was away from home for a long period of time by himself. And it was a doozy of a trip. It was 36 hours on the Greyhound in each direction, which was brutally That sounds terrible. I'm going to be honest with you. No, no, I, it was, brutally painful and at the time I was like oh sleep half the time no big deal but you do not sleep you do not sleep
0: yeah I'm assuming it's very similar to when you try to take a red eye and the fact that um, it's difficult to sleep on transportation like that
1: right yeah and we were stopping constantly and changing buses it was so much cheaper than flying which is crazy to think about I still have the ticket it was $120 for the round trip bus trip Which doesn't make sense. I don't know how they made any money off of us, but i'll take it That's
0: that's interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah So like like I said, I had to have a match from that show because that Was what for it started. I went to every wrestlemania from 17 to 25 And that started it and that was a period of my life where Just wrestling was everything and as you could tell, I sacrificed 72 hours on the Greyhound bus to go to one show and fan access and what have you. Um,
0: oh, I heard it's a good one. I heard the WrestleMania 17. <laughs> good WrestleMania. Yes. I, I always think
1: about it, like if, imagine if there was like 16, which was not good. And you, <laughs> I did all that to go to a bad WrestleMania. But no, it's considered to be one of the best WrestleManias of all time. So I got lucky in that aspect. And when I was deciding which match to choose, like I think Austin Rock would be the common choice, but I feel like the ending ruins that match in a way that I would be annoyed to watch again. So I went with the TLC2, which is another crash, uh, crash test dummy t- style of match. A little, a little cleaner than uh, the WCW one. With,
0: a, little, a little more stunty. A little Less... more stunty. Less just recklessness. Um yeah. more more self recklessness uh than not caring for others. Um, I would say for this one. Um but that's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Um right. and you, it's great to have kind of on a list like this, matches that are touch touch points for these memories. Um even if right, that yeah. memory is seventy two hours on a greyhound.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, like, what other people chose. I didn't listen to the back catalog, but I went with more things that make me, remind me of situations in my life and pinpoint moments. And that trip is definitely one that I still think about and talk about and going to fan access and seeing all the things and getting a picture with Mae Young. And I wish I got more pictures, but it was before, like, digital cameras so you didn't do that but
0: yeah well, I've had people select matches that they thought just were great all around I've had people that picked matches that um they absolutely don't understand slash want to understand uh, which was an interesting list um <laughs> and I had folks uh have like a mix mash of matches that they want to understand matches they think are great as well as matches that uh are personal to them um so, yeah, I think all of these approaches are are very valid. Um, and you had some great wrestling to go along with that. Um, well, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, overall here, you have a lot of stuff, like you said, that kind of reaches to points in your wrestling fandom. Um, moments that are personal to you in your fandom. Um, that's kind of bring you to a time and place um and i think the great thing about wrestling is um it can often do that regardless it doesn't um the feel of these matches have their own time and place and they kind of can bring you there just by kind of watching them um without the kind of context of this desert island comp um wrestling's awesome like that
1: Right, yeah, I agree. Um, it's just it's it's almost like an old song you hear f- f- again, and you're like, "Oh man, I remember driving with the windows down." It's the same thing with these wrestling matches. Like, oh, if I s- watch WrestleMania X Seven, I think about the energy getting there, the excitement, the the youthness that I had of just being gung ho, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna ride this bus. Who cares? It's not a big deal," you know. And now. When they came back to Houston uh, eight years later, I was like, "I we should do the Greyhound again. And then just everyone's like, we are too old for that, bro. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. We can afford plane tickets now.
0: I think we – yeah, we've upgraded. Our life is different now. I think we can – we've found better ways.
1: Yeah. We've got um, the
0: truth. Well, all right. Is there anything else as uh, your list holistically that you would like to discuss, comment on – um, sit and revel in, uh, at the moment.
1: Well, I did want to give one honorable mention. I really wanted to fit this match on there, but I couldn't, just because rewatching it doesn't necessarily hold up. But ECW Heat Wave '98, RVD and Sabu against Hayabusa, Hayabusa rather, and uh, Hakushi. I watched that match basically ECW I read about in the after mags, the PWIs and whatnot and I always wanted to see it but we didn't get the television so sight unseen I ordered this pay-per-view and I, I vividly remember my mom in the other room hearing the bad words coming from the wrestling show and she's very confused about that but then this match came on and just completely destroyed all reason about what wrestling could be And it kind of opened the door for me to be like, who's this Hayabusa guy? I need to look into him. And opened the door to more Saibu stuff and actually kind of opened the door to tape trading, really.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting how kind of one branch can lead to the next, can lead to the next. And then next thing you know, you're watching wrestling from all over the planet or slash you found yourself into the deep web um, and ordering uh tapes off uh, the internet from these folks um or slash for me uh, ordering DVDs from yourself um and wait at them to get in the mail um, and toss them into the DVD player um, and- yeah, it's
1: oops, sorry but it's fine whenever anyone's like oh I haven't watched Japanese wrestling before. what should I order? I always I never suggest the classics I'm like find a best of of someone you already like. Do that, and then once you watch that, be like, oh, I like that guy he wrestled, and then go from there. Work from there. Don't do shows where you don't know the context. Just find a guy you already know you like, order the compilation of him, see who else you like from there, and we'll work from there.
0: Yeah, if you like Ric Flair, you're going to see Ric Flair wrestling Ric Flair matches, but also against people that you've never seen, never heard of, and then you'll become fans of those and then you'll watch them wrestle folks that you haven't seen haven't heard of and uh, so on and so forth and I love yeah. going down those rabbit holes
1: oh yeah it's 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 dangerous at times then you you realize it's three in the morning and you're watching earthquake matches that you didn't ever knew existed from war yeah
0: and you're I like, oh. never say sorry about that though you know no 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 never. that's that's a good one of those
1: good problems Oh, those war shows are so much fun. That some of the randomness of it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the other option. Don't if you don't pick a, a best stuff. You just point to a war show. Yeah, you'll probably find some of them. You might know. Right. Um, you'll stumble onto something. Uh Well, cool. Well, then, without further ado, I think we're about to wrap this one up. Um, are there any plugs that you would like to make?
1: No, just uh, IVPvideos.com, your number one source for Japanese wrestling on DVD and Blu-ray. Yes, we
0: have (laughs) Blu-rays. Well, thank you for being on, and thank you all for listening.
1: Uh, Thank you, sir. Thank you for making me watch some of these matches back again for the first time in a while.
0: Well, I'm glad you can go on that journey again.
1: Appreciate it.